Yeah, come on up, team. Yeah, I'm going to invite the team to come up this morning. We're just going to inter- going to interview them for a, a few short minutes. And if, yes, that's pastor speak for 45 minutes. Just kidding. We're not going to go that long. But then I do have a little a little thing to say uh, towards the, the very end. But guys, introduce yourselves. This is the team that just went down. Let me get this pad. Go ahead and introduce yourselves to everybody. The whole world is watching. 10 million people right now on our stream. I'm Rafael Berrio, and I've been part of Oso Creek for half of the time Mike has. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Mike Elsey. Uh, just, well, y'all know. Y'all heard earlier, part of Oso Creek for 25 years. Yeah. John Ranoski. I've been tagging along with Oso Creek in their mission work since 2008. Wonderful. Okay. So you're going to see in a minute why this trip. Now, we... Oso Creek, uh, the creek, we sponsor quite a few missionaries. You can, the on-mission corner back there, you can always go back there and check it out, who we sponsor, who we're a part of. But this is a biggie right here, and you're going to see why. So one of you guys, tell us the history of this outreach to Ecuador. How long has Fellowship of Oso Creek been a part of this ministry and taking trips? My... uh... My first involvement in Ecuador was with Fellowship of Oso Creek in 2014. We uh, traveled to uh, the jungle, uh, Quito, and then to Misawayi. And uh, we, from Misawayi, we reached out into the villages, only one village, uh, Sardinas. And we also went to uh, Jungle Kids for Christ. We did construction in Jungle Kids for Christ. and. VBS in, in Sardinas. Uh, in 2015, uh, we went to Quito to help finish God's room. That was an annex and add-on to the pastor's house. Um, they needed space for uh, the helpers to come and, and live because they didn't have any other facility. But at any rate, the thing is, we went there to finish that project in two-room addition. And while we were there, we went into uh, uh, another uh, small town, uh, Pachinchu, and we did a VBS there. And we also visited with the uh, Montebello School. And uh, this fire lit a fire under somebody... And uh, we, uh, we were now involved under his leadership, and the Lord <clears throat> dragging us in the right direction, and uh, began medical missions. Uh, he, uh, Rafa, and his daughter went down in 2016, right after the earthquake, and they did uh, about a 10-day work there uh, in, amongst all the, the rubble of destruction there in Manta. Uh, that set the stage, and then later in the summer, uh, the, the large group went down, the 24 people. 24. And we went, uh, of course, we went to Quito first, and uh, then we uh, went to the jungle. Uh, we, we've served in uh, 14 villages. Some of those villages have become very progressive after God's word. And it really grown. Uh, we went to Yada Key, which is not in the jungle. It's at Quito. 
Uh, we learned about a small ministry there, and the uh, Oso Creek has been involved in, in uh, keeping that ministry at, at involved in every trip. Uh, they, um, we went back in 2017 two times, uh, 2018 two times, 2019 two times, and 2020, of course, was our last trip. Uh, we just can't return a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a great blessing being uh, able to go into the mission field. If you've never been, you need to go. Your life will never be the same. So how, we, many, uh, oh, sorry, how many trips do you think the Fellowship of Oso Creek has taken since 2014 total? Uh, as groups, 11, but okay. with Rafa and his family, two more. Okay, good. Okay. Um, we, uh, in this last trip, we took a little side excursion for about a half hour or so. We, if you don't know the story, quickly, I'll try to get it out. In, in 1956, five missionaries were martyred in, in the jungle. It, uh, there was a Mission Aviation Fellowship pilot it, whose, whose home is still there in Shell, and he flew looking for uh, contacts with the Wodani tribe. They went there initially to work with Quechua, but their focus moved to Wadani. Uh, they did make contact, and they did have some meetings, but shortly thereafter, uh, all five men were martyred. Oh. Uh, it What's the movie that depicts that? It's called... End of the Spear. End of the Spear End of the is spear. a movie. But right. if you want more information, get uh, Through the Gates of Splendor. That's a documentary. Much of the same footage, but a whole lot more information. But uh, it just, that, knowing that information uh, and what some people go through in the mission field, it's just a, it was a huge blessing to fly over some of that country and, and see where it all took place. Mm. Okay. So tell us, one of you guys, tell us about the ministries there that you guys help, um, what, the, the, what primarily we do at those trips, the pastor, and, and their future plans. I'm going to let Rafa talk about that. Yeah, I mean, our, our role really has been to pretty much partner with Pastor Juliet and his wife. Um, they have a ministry in a town called Misawaji. Uh, we have a picture. We should have a picture of the church, of the plans. Um, so the pastor asked me to, to share some goals for the future, but I'll, briefly, when we go, we, we just really try to facilitate his ministry. So all this situation with the medical clinics, it, it's just a hook so he can outreach to these communities, which if you go... And, I mean, some of these places you have to drive 45 minutes deep in the jungle. I mean, you saw a little bit of that. And it's beautiful, but nobody goes there. Because he used to go on a bicycle, or he would walk up there, taking four hours. I mean, subsequently, thanks to the giving of the people of this church and a lot of churches, I mean, the guy has a pickup truck. He has a house where they live safely. And we go and we create this clinic situation where we go to a community of 100, 200 people. Some of them are bigger, some are smaller. And then we set up a clinic. People come to the clinic. 
we meet some medical needs, of course. We bring a lot of medicine for parasites, which is one of the main problems there, mm. and vitamins and simple stuff. And then we, we do several things if opportunities come. But bottom line is that we serve them through the medicine, and when they go through the doctor or the nurse or whoever's taking care of them, they'll go meet with the pastor. So he has an opportunity to meet with the families, give them Bibles. And as you saw in the video, there's, there's some communities already that have churches planted. They have leaders who've been trained. And our goal is really to facilitate his ministry. So when we go, you don't have to be a doctor or a nurse. We have plenty of those here. I mean, and there's people here in the audience that have been there since my first trip. Twenty fifteen. If you've been, raise your hand. If you've been on one of these one of these trips, Ecuador, raise your hand. Can you guys raise your hands? Awesome. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Good. And I'm sure ninety percent of you have given towards that too, because you know. You, you don't have to go to get involved. I mean, we just ask you guys to pray, to give. And if you want to go and if you want to do three of them, that's awesome. So, so there's <laughs> a, I just have a, a quick list that the pastor wanted me to relay mm. to you guys. And so his the, name is, what's the pastor's his, name? The pastor's name is Julier. 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 Julier Licea. And his wife's name is Ainuris. And, I mean, these people go to a different community every day of the week. So, so they preach and work at the church on Sunday, but the other five days, six days, they do ministry in a lot of these places. So the goals for 2022, they want to plant a new church, mm. a new community that we've never been to. Our role there, when we go back in late July or early August, would be to visit that community and try to facilitate him engaging with relationships there. So we're going to bring a group of people, we're going to do a medical clinic, and we're going to see if that's where God wants the next church. Then the construction of the Temple of Misawaji, we had a picture, I don't know if we have it there, but anyways, we have a picture of those plants. And, I mean, you know, the Lord provided for this pastor to buy land, which that happened in May of last year. There's a group that went maybe five trips ago, Rachel, something like that. Anyways, but that group was challenged to raise the money to buy the land for the church, and they did. And that group raised about $15,000 to raise it just to buy the land. That was done last year, so they're going to build a building probably two-thirds of the size of this building. Mm. And that's going to involve some area where we're going to have a permanent clinic, mm. something to be praying for. Because, you know, part of our goal here is if we can have a clinic there where we can have doctors from other ministries, local doctors there that want to give their time, then we go twice a year, but maybe they can have somebody there weekly or twice a month, and we can supply medicine and, and resources and all that. So that, that's, that's the big praise. Pray, prayer request right now. So then other than that, they want to support our medical clinics, which we go twice a year. They want to continue supporting missionaries. I mean, this church, the missionaries support missionaries. So they're actually supporting a missionary from Bolivia right now. They've been doing that for a few years, and they have three missionaries in the jungle, and they want to support two more missionaries. So these guys are actually giving money towards these ministries. They want to do, there's these food bags that they provide food for each family. More than 60 families are involved with that. Ladies of the church just make a big bag, and that's enough food for a whole month, and they bring that to the communities. There's more than 60 of those. They want to do baptisms three times a year. Nine people got baptized oh. last year. Praise and then the they have these community projects, right? You saw the chickens, little chicks there. So the, they, they want to give these families 100 chicks. You know, it, it costs about 400 dollars to do that. You give them the feed and all the stuff. They're able to raise the chicks. They sell them. They make some money, give some back to the church. But then if 
the ones that have been intelligent about it, they've been trained, then they, that, that business supports your family. There's two other possible projects with corn and tilapia. So there's a lot of things going on to try to teach them and, and help them have a self-sustainable uh, business. So that's, that's what the church is wow. going to look like. That's pretty. And that's in the middle of the jungle. Like, I mean, like there's monkeys and all that stuff. And <laughs> I, know, I know Mike would love to talk about that. But anyway, th th those are the goals. Th those are the goals. And, and pretty much, I mean, how to get involved. There's a lot of ways to get involved. We're going to have a meeting on the last Sunday of this month, which is the 27th. Most likely, we'll check with the pastor and the staff. But we'll, we'll, that's going to be on the bulletin next week. And then we'll talk about the plans. I mean, we're, we're hoping that um, we can bring a team in July, end of July or early August. So if there's any interest, we're going to talk about it in that meeting. So, Awesome. That's good. So March 27th, there's going to be a, a Next Steps meeting. We'll be announcing that. So if this is piquing your interest, you'd like to go there, be, be prepared to attend that meeting. Okay. So looking at time, give us a few, as fast as you can, uh, some some awesome things that you saw God do during this last trip. And I know well, you could spend the next, I mean, the next seven hours probably talking about that, but uh, be ready also, to come. you shouldn't have put a mic in our hands. Yeah, I know. That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> That's what I have. So, so yeah. um, um, I have been a part of this church, uh, of course, for a long time, but I've never gone on a mission trip. And we've gone to Vietnam. We've gone to Brazil. I've gone to Ecuador. Uh, my wife has gone to Mexico uh, several times, but I've never gone on a mission trip. And, you know, and uh, I based it a lot on fear. I had no idea what it was going to be like. I didn't know how I was going to. I couldn't speak the language. I can't speak Spanish. I can't speak Quechua. Uh, Rafa does a little bit. And so, you know, what, what, could I, what benefit could I have? You know, how can God use me? But um, uh, one of the devotionals I did, and I know I'm going to take up a little bit of time, Pastor, so maybe just cut okay. your sermon a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to do that. If I give you the point, cut him off. All right. Okay, no. thank you. I'll, I'll <laughs> know because, yeah. So Jeremiah 1, 6, 9 says, uh, I last saw from the Lord. I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I put my words in my mouth. So just like God had a mission for, uh, for Jeremiah, and he commanded him to go and uh, do what the God wanted him to do, you know, even though Jeremiah had that fear, because um, he thought it was going to make a lot of people angry, they're not going to like him, uh, I don't know how to speak, I'm too young, but, you know, Jeremiah was making all kinds of excuses, just like I did. I made all kinds of excuses why I shouldn't go. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have any use there. But, um, and it's natural for Christians to do that. But let me tell you what, um, even all the clever excuses I had, God still imparted, uh, just imparted on my heart, hey, go, go with him, go into the world and preach my word. And so even though I couldn't speak the language, let me tell you, I could see just interacting with people, um, that's God's language, just interacting with people and, and just uh, them seeing us there and me seeing them. One of the... Uh, I told my wife, well, the first time I went was in uh, 2020, right before COVID. And uh, one of the things, I, and I can't name all the, the towns like John does. He knows all that stuff. But we went up in this mountain. I'm, fortunately, I climbed all the way on top of the mountain. I don't know how far it was, Rafa, 20 feet. That uh, was about a mile. 20. And, you know, just enough for me to be able to walk on rocks, you know, and not fall down. That's a good thing. But the most uh, awesome thing I saw when I got up there and they had this little church up there was 
the villagers would just come out of the jungle and walk into the clearing to uh, the, the medical tent and things we do. And then when we're done, you know, they would just walk back into the jungle. And, mm. and I'm like, that's their life. And so that was, uh, that, that imparted on me very, very much, you know, just to see that. And I think, man, all the excuses I have here is, uh, it's just forlorn. I, I don't need to have excuses about those things. So, um, you know, the Bible teaches that fear is, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of man is a stumbling block. And so I was very uh, happy to go to this next trip. I've uh, been asked for a lot of times about it. Once the next trip, I knew a little bit more what to expect. But I still saw things that um, God did with these people that um, I just never expected. But it was awesome to go. And uh, just to hear Pastor Julia, Rafa and I got an opportunity to preach in the church one one time, uh, I would preach and Rafa spoke and uh, translated for me. And uh, it's just awesome that God allowed us to do something like that in a place I never thought that I would be at. Wow. But if you've never thought about going, if you always had a fear about going, please do not have a fear because God takes care of all of that. Awesome. And, I, and you had a monkey in your bed, right? So, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah that's they, all good. That's all right. There, and that just kind of freaked me out, all the monkeys there, but Guys, it's all good. Guys, give them a good hand, man. That's awesome. They'll be available. You can talk with them at, at like crazy. Um, they got so many stories of God doing some great things and stuff. But, uh, yeah, March 27th, okay? March 27th. So, if you've got a Bible, go to John 13. I won't keep you very, very long, okay? I, I got you. But I, as I was wrestling this week about, Lord, what, what, how can I tie this in with, with this mini, you know, I'm, we're in the starting line as, as our message. And I, I started a message last week based on Jesus' words in Mark 12, 28 through 34. I won't read the, that text today for sake of time. But it's where the scribe comes up to Jesus, and, and, and I talked about this last week in my first part of the message on love God, where it's like, it's like Jesus, what's the greatest commandment of all, of all like 600 and something commandments, which is the best? And Jesus said, you know, love the Lord your God with everything you got, I'm summarizing, all your strength, heart, mind, soul, and strength, everything, love the Lord with everything. And then secondly, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So I spent quite a bit of time last week on loving God, getting at his word, and, and, and that's that's. Very, very important. You can go back and listen to that message. That's cool. But I was like, Lord, how can I, the, the second part is loving people. And so how, how can I tie in this interview with, you know, the loving people? And man, the Holy Spirit just started dropping stuff in my spirit and I love it. So I want to use these next few minutes as a primer for my message next week. So this is loving people, you know, part 2A, you know, loving God, loving people, part 2A, if you're an outliner, okay? Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said in John 15, 12, he gives us a, a commandment, okay? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In John 13, 34 through 35, he even makes it more clear. He's like, this is a new commandment. A new commandment I give to you. Now, a commandment from Jesus, it's not optional, right? It's not like, well, Jesus has given a commandment. I can do it. I may not, you know, it's not, if I feel like it. No, no, it's a commandment from our Lord and Savior. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. 
Jesus said love. It's all about love, right? I mean, back in June 25th, 1967, uh, the music group, the Beatles, sang a song that at the time was broadcast to over 400 million viewers, especially over in, in the UK and stuff. And they sang, all you need is love. Bum, ba, da, da, da. How many have heard that song, you know? Love, love, love. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great classic song. But Jesus beat them to this thought about 2,000 years before they recorded that song. Because for Jesus, gang, it's all about love. And most specifically, it's about loving people. There's a quick disclaimer. If you were, and there's a lot of people from the creek that was at the pregnancy crisis center's banquet Thursday night, and Tim Tebow spoke, listen, he hacked into my laptop, I promise you. He said some things that, that night that I was going to say today, but I have a time-stamped Google sheet that I sent to Elizabeth Harris that shows I came up with this stuff first, and Tebow hacked into my laptop. But I want to, uh, just real quick, I want to talk about one crucial word this morning when it comes to loving people. Why did Dr. Rafa, Mike Ilse, and John Ranowski, why, why did they go to uh, Ecuador for a whole week? They didn't get paid for that. They didn't get bonus money for it. <laughs> why did they take time to do all that? <clears throat> Number one, they're fulfilling the call of God and obeying the great commission that Jesus gave in Matthew 28. They're being witnesses, like Jesus said to be in Acts 1 and 8. But most importantly, you know why they went down there? Because they cared. They cared for the people. They cared for the people's well-being. They cared for their health. They cared for their souls. And that's the most important thing of all. They had so much care for these people, God's creation, people who needed Jesus, that they did something. <clears throat> what a lesson for us today. What a primer for my message next week. Part of loving people is that you care for people. Jesus modeled this perfectly. Look, Jesus could have come to the earth in, in military might and strength and power. He could have come in, in political prowess and just taken over politically. Jesus could have come with intelligent acumen and been this, you know, the smartest person in the room, which he was, you know, but he could have flaunted it. He could have come in religious authority as a Jewish rabbi and teacher. That's none of those reasons are why Jesus came. He came for the people and he cared for the people. Tim Tebow should have given me credit when he said that Thursday night, okay? I'm going to email him. The gospel show that Jesus had compassion on the people. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38 is an indication. I'll just read verse 36 for the sake of time. It says, when Jesus saw the vast crowds of people, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 34, I'll just read verse 34. It says, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, a lot of people, and he had compassion on them because, again, they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. These are just, a two, just two verses that emphasize how Jesus saw people and how he had compassion on them. Because, but everywhere that he went, all over the known region, he met people who were not whole, and he had compassion on them. 
Compassion. And the Greek word in these Gospels for compassion is a word that means to feel sympathy. It's feelings of pity and, and even more specifically sorrow for someone else's misfortune. And, and the Greek word there, it's, it's a very heavy Greek word that, that means that you are moved. You're moved as to, as to one's inwards, your, your heart, your bowels, it, it affects you so much. And this is a very strong verb, an emphatic word that shows a strong, passionate affection to where your heart is moved. That describes Jesus. He had sympathy for the people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That was their misfortune. And he had so much strong, passionate affection and compassion, and it moved him so much that he did something. Look, gang, the truth is, to truly love someone, you've got to do something for them, right? You've got to do something for them. And one of the greatest ways of showing love to others, self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice, again, Tebow took that. He quoted me, okay? Missionaries are great examples of self-sacrifice. This team that went down and others, they, they sacrificed time from work, time from family, time from the normal routine of life. They sacrificed their finances, paying for the trip, spending money while they're helping others, helping out where they can and give. Dr. Rava talked about the pastor down there. I mean, he told me a little bit more, and he's just going, going, going. Multiple churches. He speaks like, what, eight languages or something like that in you, Sammy? He's just always, always going, sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. And they highlighted, many of you have given financially to the trip. You've given in time for prayer for them. But it's sacrifice, gang. In the very next verse after the one we read earlier in John 15, 12, Jesus says in like the very same breath in verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his or her life for his friends. Now, Jesus is speaking of the self-sacrifice that he did for all of us, and he sets the model for all of us to follow of self-sacrificing for others. We need to have compassion for others, so much to where we do something for them. We show them love. We love others the way Christ loves them. And most importantly, you care for their souls. When's the last time you thought about someone else's soul? And next week, and I cannot wait till next week, I'm going to talk about who your neighbor really is. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Who is he talking about? But trust me, it's gritty, okay? It's raw, all right? You really won't believe who your neighbor is, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to expose your neighbor, okay? But get this. When you truly care for someone's soul, it changes the game. When you truly look beyond the outside of a person and you care for their soul, it puts that person that you might typically stick your nose up to in a completely different light. The person who you've looked at disdainfully or you shook your head at, you looked down upon them, you didn't want to have anything to do with them, you might have been repulsed by them, they are ugly to you, but you begin to see them in a different light when you look at their soul. 
When you look at that person who's not perfect, that person who might have hurt you or wounded you, that person who's done you wrong, you see them through a different lens now. The person who just gets on your nerves and irritates you, like, you know, that, you know, that sound of the, the, the fingernails on the chalkboard, you know, or whatever annoying sound you can think of, that's that person. You can't stand them. You see them through different eyes. The person who doesn't agree with you is a different political party than you, a different whatever you want to, you know, categorize than you. You finally see something in common with them, and you look differently at them now. Why? Why do you see them through a different lens, through different eyes, through a different light? Why do you look at them differently now? And now with compassion like Jesus did. Because they are much like you and me spiritually. They have a soul that needs salvation. They're a person who needs the Lord Jesus Christ more than anything else in the world. I heard a statement one time years ago, man, and it, it rocked me. I mean, it just, I've never forgotten it. You'll probably hear me say it over and over and over again. But the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level there. Look, no matter how bad someone might be, <clears throat> and no matter how morally good someone might be, because we have a world full of morally good people who are still missing the mark, right? Yeah? No matter how bad someone is or how morally good they are, the ground is level. Because we all need Jesus desperately. Jesus had compassion on people because he knew they needed him. He was their hope. He was their answer. He was what they were looking for to satisfy the deep longings in their souls. And gang, that's why we care for people as well. That's why we have to have Christ's compassion for people as well. No matter how degrading or heathen or pagan or worldly or spiritually blind or disgusting or sick or repulsive or humanistic or selfish or prideful or lowly or bad a person might be, they are alone and dead without Jesus Christ. They are living hopelessly in a hopeless world. Thank you. And they need... Jesus to bring the satisfaction to their souls. And those of us who have found Christ, that described us at first. All those same words. That's who we were. We have that in common with all people. And that's why we need to have compassion for people. Scriptures show that Jesus' heart broke for the people. His heart broke for people. Does your heart break for people? People who are living without Christ? I know that people can get on our nerves. Guess what? You get on somebody's nerves, I'm sure of it. Just ask your spouse if you're married. Okay. Just kidding. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you real quickly. She won't even let you finish. Yeah, he gets on my nerves all the time. She's working in the kids, or she'd, she'd probably yell, hey, man, preach it, Greg. You know, okay, that's all right. I know people get on our nerves, a boss, a coworker, a neighbor, a family member, the person who likes that team, you know. I know that some people live their lives, and, and that makes us want to look down upon them with disgust. 
But gang, remember this. That's how the Jewish religious leaders viewed most people during Jesus' day. Because they thought they were so holy, so righteous, they thought they were so clean that they would deride people, ostracize people, kick people out, leave people on the outside. They would have nothing to do with unclean people, and they treated people with contempt instead of care. How often do we treat people with contempt? People on TV, people not like us, people we don't like, people we think are below us, people we look down on, people that we think we are better than them, people who live and act and believe and think and vote different than us. And when you and I act like that and treat people with contempt, we're just like the religious leaders of Jesus' day. And Jesus scolded them, derided them. He chastised them. He said, you guys are like whitewashed tombs on the outside, but inside you're full of dead men's bones. You contrast that with Christ. He ate with the sinners. He forgave the prostitute. He He hung out and chatted with the woman at the well who was living with her boyfriend and wasn't even married at the time. He went to the land where people were hated. He sought the outcast. He wasn't afraid to approach the demon-possessed man who was out living amongst the tombs. He allowed a woman to clean his feet with her tears and her hair. Jesus touched the unclean leper. He healed those with physical deformities. He he hung around a group of guys and ladies who in that culture were considered nothing. And he even washed their feet. Jesus could be found where the messy people were. He hung out with messy people. Why? Because he cared for them. He had compassion on them. He truly loved people and his heart broke for them. We're going to take communion here in about two minutes. But ask yourself right now, you in this building, everyone watching online, how do you view people? Oh, it's awesome when we're all together in church or we're at a life group or we're like tonight, the VIP guest dessert, you know, or we have some church function. We're like-minded. We love Christ. We're fellowshipping. You know, Wednesday night we gathered in prayer circles and prayed for each other. That's awesome, yeah. But when you leave this building and you enter the mission field, how do you view people? How do you view per, a person on TV, the Hollywood actor or actress or the big rock stars or people who live in that kind of lifestyle? How do you view Everyone in your circle of your everyday life. Do you care for them? Do you have compassion for them? Does your heart break for them because they don't know Christ? Or is it more of an annoyance? Oh my goodness. If they would, I just wish they could just, ah, you know. Do you care for them to the point to where you're moved to do something for them? Even if that's whispering a simple prayer, saying, Lord, Let them find you. Let them find you the hope for their souls. I love the bridge in one of my favorite worship songs by Hillsong United. The song's called Hosanna. Listen to the bridge. Heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart. 
for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth to eternity. If you've said yes to Jesus, you've made Christ your Savior and your Lord. And then I pray that everyone here has done that. If you're watching online, that you've done that. Or that you do before this service is over. When you say yes to Jesus, you become his disciple. That means becoming like the master, like the teacher, becoming more like Jesus, less like the world. And Jesus loved people, he cared for people, and he had compassion on people enough to do something. Lord, show us how to love like you've loved others. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Is that your prayer to Jesus? I mean, gang, even I I mentioned about yet a profound way to self-sacrifice, show compassion, and care for people is to pray for them. That's one of the greatest things that you can do for someone is to pray for them and not just a simple, you know, just bless them. Okay, amen. To take their name before the throne of God. That coworker who is as far from Christ as anybody, and you pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and live your life for Christ in front of them. For that family member who, who doesn't believe in Christ or who isn't serving the Lord, you pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and pray for them. You guys get it? Jesus even says in Matthew 5, to love your enemies and to pray for them to show that love by praying for them wow have compassion and care for people that's a great way to love them Lord we come before you this morning and just thank you for for what's already been said and done and thank you for the, the, the team that came back and Lord what they've just shared this morning and the videos, it was so done, uh, done so well, a great video. But it just shows the care that they have for that people group and the compassion that they have. Lord, let us have that same care and that same compassion for our family members, for our coworkers, for our neighbors, for those around us, for our church family members, for everyone. Call us to a higher place, Jesus, to care for people like you. Have compassion on them. Convict us right now, Holy Spirit. Because it's easy to get irritated by people and just to treat them with contempt, to push them away, to have nothing to do with them. Just what's in our nice little comfy corner. Convict us when we do that, Holy Spirit, and renew in us a desire to be like you, Jesus, to care for people, to look at them through the lens of you, Jesus, that they have a soul that's lost without you. Touch us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.